Are there any other strategies that you recommend people can implement and take action on to be able to overcome or challenge the implementation paralysis problem? The, the big one that I talk about a lot is I call pick your church and stick to it. James Schramko here from superfastbusiness.com and you're listening to my friend Ash Woy on ProductiveInsights.com. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, where you can learn how to systemize, automate, and scale your business via the internet. To access previous episodes and useful productivity tips, go to www.productiveinsights.com. Now, here's your host, Ash Roy. Hello there. This is Ash Roy, the founder of ProductiveInsights.com, with a quick message for you. If you'd like to grow your business profitably and fast, head over to getmetodone.com where you can learn more about the Productive Insights membership program, which is designed to help you grow your business profitably and fast. We help you get clear on your target audience and create an irresistible offer around the specific problem that you solve for your audience. Once we've established an offer that's a good fit for your audience, We then help you to scale your business using marketing automation, which means you spend less time working and more time enjoying the fruits of your labor. If you'd like to learn more, head over to getmetodone.com right now and take that first step towards your business success and your time freedom. I hope you enjoy this episode and get a ton of value from it. I look forward to seeing you at getmetodone.com. Ash Roy here, the founder of ProductiveInsights.com and the host of Productive Insights Podcast. Welcome back. Today, I have a guest by the name of Sonia Keenan, and she is the founder of Digital Marketer Down Under. She was the host of the Digital Marketer Down Under conference earlier this year, where I had the pleasure of meeting her, Ryan Dice, Bridget Lindner, Marcus Murphy, and quite a few other digital marketer people. This is the first of a two-part conversation where we talk about implementation paralysis and how to overcome it. You can access the show notes of this episode at ProductiveInsights.com forward slash 168. And the second part will be published at ProductiveInsights.com forward slash 169. In this first part, we talk about things around us that have a tendency to hijack our ability to implement ideas that we learn and we discuss the importance of implementation as opposed to just gathering of information. We talk about how smartphones and smartwatches create a paradox of choice in our lives. We talk about how we don't have the right knowledge to decide on what we need for our business and what we don't and how to get that knowledge. We talk about how access to unlimited information has created an environment that leads to information paralysis and how to overcome that. We touch on the effective hourly rate as explained by James Schramko and how to maximize your effective hourly rate. We talk about how Facebook probably spends your advertising budget for the year in under the radar $10 increments and what you can do to fix that, how to implement Sonia's pick your church and stick to it strategy, which will help to avoid implementation paralysis and lots, lots more. The audio is a bit patchy in parts because unfortunately the internet connection was patchy, but the content makes up for the poor audio quality and I've made sure it's as actionable and succinct as possible. This episode is brought to you by ProductiveInsights.com. 
Check out the website for our latest offers, including a very special one that's running right now at the time of this recording, which is the 24th of October, 2018. The offer is only available for a limited time, so be sure to check it out as soon as possible. Now, without further ado, here is Sonia Keenan. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast. This is Ash Roy, the host of the Productive Insights Podcast and the founder of ProductiveInsights.com. Today we have a very special guest and her name is Sonia Keenan. Sonia was the first person to become a digital marketer certified partner in Australia as managing director of the Omni Channel Media Group and co-founder of Balance by Deborah Hutton. She has been responsible for building a business that helps people grow their own online businesses. Sonia understands the opportunity that digital offers businesses. She's passionate about helping others to succeed through creating compelling stories that connect with their audience. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Sonia Keenan from the omnichannelmediagroup.com, and we're here to talk about one of the most common challenges that business owners face today, and that's implementation paralysis. So welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, Sonia. It's great to have you. Thanks, Ash. Thanks for that great intro. You made me sound very knowledgeable, so I hope I can live up to that this morning. Well, you did seem to come across as very knowledgeable when you hosted the Digital Marketing Down Under event, which I attended and I really enjoyed. So thank you for hosting that. And it's really an honor to have you on the podcast. Thank you. It was a great event. And those that were there would know it was something of a a culmination of a dream for me to be able to bring that many businesses together and, and share access to some of my mentors, which was, um, which was fantastic. And yeah, thanks for your support. Yeah, most welcome. I was actually very pleased because I had the opportunity to meet the digital marketer team. I myself have done a lot of certifications. I've done the content marketing, digital marketer certification, email marketing, testing and optimization, a few of them, and I've really enjoyed them. It was great to meet Ryan Dice and Marcus Murphy and Richard Lindner and so on, and I hope to have them on the show at some point in the future. So thank you very much for hosting that. Also, my friend and mentor, James Shramko, was there, and I think very highly of him. So it was great to see him there too. Yes, James is... um the grandfather of digital <laughs> marketing, not just in Australia, but from around the world. And yes. I'm proud to call him my coach as well. I'm a member of the, the oh, Silver wow. Circle group. And yeah, James offers incredible insight and also has been such a great supporter, I think, of helping Australians to realise that mm. can we access around the world, but in a lot of times we're our leading the world in, in how we approach digital. So, um, so yeah, mm. it, it was a great couple of days. Well, he, James Ramco, is largely responsible for this podcast launching, and I'll get into the story another time, but I had this episode with Neil Patel that was sitting on my hard drive for a year and a half, and thanks to his firm words of advice, I actually <laughs> published that episode, and I haven't looked back since. He helped me create the artwork for this podcast, so he really gets in there and you know, he puts his money where his mouth is, so I really respect that about him. So we're here to talk about implementation paralysis, which is one of the biggest challenges that I have seen business owners face and my clients face. And I can't think of a single person that hasn't experienced implementation paralysis at some point in their career, especially when it comes to entrepreneurs who are prone to 
distraction and mm -hmm. particularly in an environment where we have smartphones and smart watches and iPads and so on, you know, these screens are creating the paradox of choice where you have so many options that you end up picking no decent option or not following anything through properly. Could you share your thoughts on how you see implementation paralysis affecting business owners today and how that's impacting their profitability? I think what's happened in marketing is as much as we now have so much choice about how as business owners we can market our business and we have, you know, pretty much access to any form of platform to to do that on, mm -hmm. it just means we get, you know, that saying of spoiled choice. We we just don't know which one we want and or which one we need. And so then what happens is maybe learning about all these different platforms but we probably don't actually have the knowledge to decide what we need for our business. And I talk about the fact that the birth of the internet has given us access to a level of information that we never, ever could have had before. Um, you know, I remember going through school and if I wanted to do an assignment, I'd have to pull out my, you know, A to Z edition of Funk and Wagnall's Encyclopedia <laughs> and re research African tribes and do a paper on it on a set of, you know, encyclopedias my parents bought in 1973. Yes. Now a child researching the same topic could actually talk to a child in one of those villages and learn about that. You know, their, their ability to research and get information is just, there is no, no barrier to that at all. But what that's created in business is implementation paralysis because before we probably were just going along almost in a sense of safety that was created out of naivety mm -hmm. because we didn't know what big businesses could do. We just did what little businesses could do. We hung our shingle out. We might have done some local advertising. We might have got some referrals, might have had a Yellow Pages ad maybe did some radio and television if it was in a regional market, but, you know, maybe press. And that's what we had to understand was how those different levers worked in our business. And we knew that if we were a retailer and we were going to have a sale in January, well, we needed some advertising in December. So we bought the stock, we had the stock, we did what we had to do, we had the ad, we got the success. And yeah. we thought, that ad worked because people used to always come into our store sale in January. But, you know, those people might have been coming anyway because it was January. We just didn't know. Now we live in this environment where we can market to the whole world with all sorts of different mechanisms. But should we be marketing to the whole world? And, you know, what's the most valuable mechanism for our business? And what happens is because of all that choice, people just don't make a decision. And so they never actually do anything and then once they do actually do something and they learn how to do it it changes and then they don't keep up with the change and then it stops working and so then they say oh that didn't work and so business owners who set out to be really good at the one thing that they opened their business for all of a sudden find they're spending all this time that they don't have learning how to do Facebook ads or Google or something else and they just never do anything. Or if they are doing it, they're doing it poorly. And so then they think it doesn't work. So they stop doing it. And you get implementation paralysis either way. The cure to it is how do you start doing one thing profitably? And that was your question is, you know, the idea of business is to make money. And so you have to understand how do you acquire customers at the 
at the most cost-effective possible way and a scalable possible way. And unless you start doing something, you can't learn how to do it. And then the other part of it is back in the days when we only had newspaper, radio, TV and press and a little bit of direct, the big companies used advertising agencies to assist them to do this. Why is it that small business owners think they can do all those things themselves without engaging some experts to help them? And I think that's the biggest myth of marketing on the internet today is that just because you can means you should because you mightn't be very good at it. I agree completely. I really like what you say. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And that's a very, very valid point. In fact, James... Shramko talks about something called the effective hourly rate. And I really like the way he puts it. Mm -hmm. Just for the people who are listening, the effective hourly rate is basically your profit per week, month or year, whatever it is, divided by the number of hours you put in to generate that profit. Now, note, I'm not talking about revenue here. I'm talking about profit. So the money that you Mm. put in your pocket after all your expenses. Now, let's say your effective hourly rate works out to be 100 bucks an hour for argument's sake. If you are doing your own podcast editing, for example, which you can outsource for $10 an hour, you are costing your business $90 an hour. And in the same vein, if you're doing your own marketing, and I'm not suggesting marketing will cost you $10 an hour, it'll probably be a lot more than that, but you're going to spend a lot of time learning how to do marketing and you're not a marketing specialist. Let's say you sell coaching or you're a mortgage broker or something. Your specialty is mortgage broking, so you're better off using your time helping people as a mortgage broker rather than figuring out the marketing. Outsource your marketing to somebody who's already a specialist in that and already has all the systems and processes to do that for you. Mm, definitely. The, the effective hourly rate is something that I use a lot when I'm coaching clients, particularly in, in service areas, like even with trades. If you're a plumber or a tradesperson, you know, you are probably getting an, an hourly rate when you're out in the market calling on people of, you know, $150 an hour a lot of these, these businesses are generating. If you then think the best use of your time is to create Facebook ads, <laughs> you, you know, that's just silly. And, yes. and even if you say, oh, it's all right, I do it on the weekend. Well, what about your effective hourly life? You know, like we build these <laughs> Yeah. is to spend time with our family and provide for our family. And it, all that's happened in the last few years is a lot of small business owners, their dining room table has become their marketing agency. And yes. I just don't know that that's the best way to do it. A lot of times a professional will save you money because, you know, the, one of the things with Facebook is it's a drug. You know, Facebook has, has effectively taught us that we can spend $10 a day and it's like going to the poker machines for a lot of people. You know, they put their $10 a day and spin the handle and, and hope they get a lead out of it. Well, they actually hire people to figure out how to distract you and they have specialists to do this and then keep you there on Facebook for as long as possible. So they're actual professionals who create the design of Facebook, which, by the way, I think is awful. Yeah, I have a lot of clients that just boost posts. You know, Facebook says, oh, this post's performing 75% better than any post you've done in the last week. You should boost it. And they do. And then I say, well, that's great, but who did you boost it to? Hmm. And, and they're not thinking about the audience. So the issue with, say, something like Facebook advertising at $10 a day, and I'm all for Facebook advertising, is extremely successful for small business. If you're spending $10 a day on Facebook ads, which is what a lot of businesses do, that, that works out to be $3,500 a year. And for a lot of businesses, that's more than what they would spend on 
ads. If I went to them and said, oh, I want you to spend three and a half thousand dollars on advertising with me, they'd say, oh, no, I don't spend that much money on advertising. But they're probably spending it on boosted posts. But because Facebook bills them in $10 increments, they don't even notice it. Whereas if they took that money and said, well, I'm going to take that three and a half thousand, but I'm going to find someone who actually really knows how to optimize it and get the copyright for me for three and a half thousand, they could probably get somebody to build three or four really good campaigns for them over the year that generated the sales that they needed. Because the biggest issue with advertising is if you don't understand what the goal is and you don't understand what the measurement of success is, well, really, all that you've got is just a bit of an idea. Because for something to be a true strategy, it has to have a to-do list, it has to have goals, and it has to have a way of measuring it. And for most business owners, when I look at their Facebook spend, when I first take them on as a client, they'll have dozens of ads running. And I'll say to them, but none of these ads are working. Mm. It's just this one ad that's actually working. Let's dial all those others away. If anything, they're not helping you because they're not getting any engagement. They're actually disengaging people. Let's see how we can do it. Implementation paralysis can also be that you are doing things, but they're not proper strategies. They're just ideas in a to-do list. They're just, they're not, you actually don't have a goal and you don't have a way of measuring success. Um, If you are not adding those things, when you're spending money, whether it's $10 a day or $10,000 a day, you have to have a goal from it and you have to have a way that when you look at it after it's finished, how will you know if it was successful? You made a couple of really good points and I want to draw those out a little bit. I really Mm -hmm. liked what you said about Facebook getting you to spend $10 a day and kind of flying under your radar because you're absolutely right. It works out to be a lot of money at the end of the year. Mm. you don't even notice it. And I really like the fact that you've said, well, you know what, if I put aside $10 a day over a period of a year, that's my marketing budget right there. And I can actually hire somebody who's skilled at this and get a much better result. Yes. I'd like to add one more thing to what you said about getting clear on what success looks like for it to become real. I would also say you need to add a due date by when you want to see that result. So Mm -hmm. you have goals and you say, okay, by this date, I expect to see this result. And if I don't see this result, then that means I need to go back and revisit my approach and reiterate. That kind of comes back to testing and optimization. For a lot of business owners, that's where they can't test because they mm. don't know what they're even testing. True. And they often try to test too many things at once. So yes. for everything you do, there has to be a hypothesis. You have yes. to be saying, this is what we actually think will happen. Mm. I remember seeing Perry Belcher from Digital Marketer speak at TNC. I've heard him do this presentation a couple of times where he talks about how digital marketers send emails out every day. The first couple of emails they send out during the day, they do to small groups and they test a subject line A and B and see which one wins. And so then the next lot goes out to maybe another 200 people and they test the opening line with the winning subject heading and see which one wins. And then they test the opening paragraph and then they test the photograph. By the time they do those tests to say the first 500 or 1,000 people in their list, they then have the most optimum email to send Mm. out to the rest of the list for that day. And small business owners can be doing that even with a small list. And it's just one thing though. You only change one thing at a time. Too often I get small businesses have stopped doing something successfully because they never realized which part of the equation was successful. 
and that creates implementation paralysis because they go, oh, that was working and now it doesn't. Mm. And you go, well, what did you change? And they mm. can't work it out. You're absolutely right. You need to, first of all, have a hypothesis. And I remember studying this in that course, which I thought was great, the testing and optimization course of Digital Marketer. You have to, A, have a hypothesis and B, you only change one variable at a time and measure the impact of that change because if you change even two variables at one time, then you don't know which one you mm. attribute the change to. Incidentally, yes. I use Active Campaign for my email marketing and they actually mm -hmm. have this testing mechanism built in. So you can say, send both these emails, like two variations of the email, to 10% mm -hmm. of my list, and then you decide on the winner and send the rest of my audience the winning email. So some great tips there and very actionable ones. So thank you, Sonia. Mm -hmm. Now, my next question was going to be about the three top strategies you've seen work in terms of overcoming implementation paralysis. And in this conversation so far, we've already touched on a couple that have jumped out at me. One of them is figure out your effective hourly rate and use that as a barometer to outsource stuff that is obviously below your effective hourly rate. Secondly, outsource stuff that is outside of your core area of competency, which in a lot of cases is marketing. Are there any other strategies that you recommend people can implement and take action on to be able to overcome or challenge the implementation paralysis problem? The, the big one that I talk about a lot is I call pick your church and stick to it. You know, when you look at religion, you might be having a bit of an argument with your God, whoever that is, but you don't necessarily just walk away from your God and then go find another one and then another one. In digital marketing now, we have so many people that we can learn from and each one has crafted out their own way of doing it and their own target audience. So if you're really into e-retailing and Shopify is your platform and that's what you want to do, well, maybe Ezra Firestone is your church. But if you're all about email marketing and small business marketing and agency marketing, well, maybe Digital Marketer with Ryan Dice is your church. So while you might listen to other people and, you know, you might listen to Ezra talk about his approach to email, his approach might be slightly different to Ryan's, but your business is more akin to the businesses that Ryan serves. Well, then you have to be able to say, well, yeah, okay, that's interesting and I'll keep that in my mind, but my church is digital marketer. People jump from one church to the other when it comes to digital marketing. And, you know, that shiny object syndrome. I found something new. It's the panacea. It's the pathway to my pot of gold. And I'm going to throw everything out I'm doing and I'm going to do this. Or my pet hate is I'll have a client who's downloaded some new thing on AppSumo, which, once again, I love AppSumo. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but not everybody needs every app. And so then they go and they download some fantastic app that helps them to monitor the video speeds and improve the video speeds on their website and da 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 And they go to all this trouble to install it and then they don't actually have any videos on their website. So why did they need it? So pick your church, pick your university, pick your, your educator, pick the person, your mentor, and branch out from them for sure, but bring it back to where you start. And then if you do genuinely outgrow that or your business pivots, you go from being a mainly an agency that serves business owners to now you're mainly an agency that just services Shopify stores. Well, then sure, pivot to the Ezra Firestone Church. But think about it. 
you know, you go to school and we learn in a progressive, accumulative way. We get passed on learnings and we go up through the grades and as our minds expand and our knowledge expands, we get more complex structures and we can learn them. It is no different in business. And even if you are going to outsource it, you have to know about it because to write the brief, you have to be able to articulate that to a a service provider to help you. The final one in that is know your church. Just stick with something. I actually had Ezra Firestone on this podcast on episode 55. So if you're interested in Mm -hmm. hearing directly from him as a listener, you're welcome to do that. Another episode that I think would be very relevant here in terms of finding your church before deciding to stick to your church. In other words, how to find a good mentor. I did a really good episode with Susie Daphnis in episode number 62. So if you're listening and you want to learn about how to find an ideal mentor, definitely go and check out episode 62. I think Susie came back again. We had her on about rebranding later on as well. So those are two Mm -hmm. valuable episodes. Now, having done that, I highly recommend and agree with Sonia's approach, which is stick to your mentor once you've Pick a mentor, don't jump mentors because no mentor is going to be able to work with you if you hop from one mentor to the other. So ask your questions before you pick one. But once you've picked one, I'd say stick with them for at least one to two years minimum before you start looking around for somebody else. That's my personal approach anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay, Sonia, could you talk to us about a story where you helped a business overcome implementation paralysis. What was their situation before you started working with them and what results did they get after you guys worked together? One of my most recent clients who I'm still working with is is a client in New Zealand. Okay, so that seems like a good place to leave off the conversation and end part one of this two-part series. Tune into part two where Sonia and I talk about how she helped her client overcome implementation paralysis, the specific strategies she used, and action steps that you can take to overcome implementation paralysis in your business. You can find the show notes of this first part at ProductiveInsights.com forward slash 168, and you will find the show notes of part two of this conversation at ProductiveInsights.com forward slash 169. This episode is brought to you by ProductiveInsights.com. Be sure to check out the website for a special limited time offer we have going right now. As at the time of this recording, which is the 24th of October, 2018, you'll find the offer at the very top of the website. So I hope you go and check it out. I look forward to speaking to you in part two of this two-part conversation. Thanks for listening and talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Productive Insights Podcast. You can find all the links in the show notes below this episode on ProductiveInsights.com. You can also ask questions in the comment section that Ash personally answers. How can Ash help you today? 